0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI Audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Naming a pet isn't the best idea when they're eventually going to be lunch. Norma Wick reads Empty Nesters by Yasuko Tan. Yasuko Tan is a novelist and short story writer based in B.C. Her best-selling memoir, Mistakes to Run With, was published last year.
0: I'm Norma Wick. This is a first-person account titled Empty Nesters by Yasuko Tan from the May issue of The Walrus. I'd do anything for love. My boyfriend, Sean bought a shotgun house in Princeton, B.C., on the traditional territory of the Upper Similkameen people. I'm learning to love the small town, roughly four hours by car from Vancouver Island, where I live. I'm learning to see beauty in the old copper mine and the abandoned cabins that stand in waist-high weeds, though I've always had more of an affinity for cities. Concrete, hard, even surfaces that leave nothing to the imagination. "'When I visit Sean, he gives me pointers on catching frogs "'and grins when I plop one into the bucket with my bare hands. "'He has a penchant for unusual pets. "'Chickens,' he said one day. "'By then, we'd co-parented four cows, a water beetle, "'and a Rocky Mountain wood tick. we kept in a pill bottle. "'He asked if I'd seen the photos he'd sent me. "'They're so cute. You're going to love them. "'We returned to his place late one afternoon,' with the first two chicks in a thrift store cage. I named them Eyeliner and Crybaby because Eyeliner looked made up, and Crybaby's black markings reminded me of teardrop tattoos. Sean's idea of a joke was to name the third Drumstick, the fourth Satan, and the next three after World Dictators. As with alcohol, when it comes to chickens, it can be hard to know when to stop. The next 20 birds acquired over the following weeks, didn't have names. They never would get names. The yard was soon a mess of uprooted bean plants and trampled peas. The backyard pond, once crystal clear, was now murky and empty of frogs, which had been swallowed whole by another of Sean's additions, two Mandarin ducks. Princeton is a down-to-earth town. People live and let live, but everyone draws the line somewhere. A zoning bylaw draws it at roosters. We were shocked awake one morning by cock a doodle doos. We thought, had been conned into thinking, we'd bought only hens. We stared at our two dozen dilemmas as they ripped apart the tomato bed. We couldn't keep them, but also couldn't rehouse them. I'm too hungry to think, I said. The words left my mouth unironically, yet here I was, knee deep in chickens wondering what to make for lunch. Suddenly, our plan was as clear as the pond had once been. That afternoon, we gathered what we'd need for the task ahead. Armed with YouTube instruction, we set out a table in the yard. We found a garbage can lid in which to collect the blood, string with which to hang, a large white sheet which we spread over the grass by the burn pit, next to that a pot of freshly boiled water. Everything was ready as Sean grabbed the first victim, Satan. Despite my misgivings, thinking soothing thoughts about the things we do for love, I held down the squawking bird while he beheaded it. Next came Mao, then Stalin, and later those without names, each tied upside down by their feet afterward to the lowest branch of a small hazel tree. Sean looked at his favorite, the rooster with the most stunning plumage, whom he'd at one point talked about keeping in a cage in his Vancouver apartment. "'You want the honors?' I asked. He shook his head. "'It's okay.' I didn't look into the bird's eyes, only at a precise spot on his neck. I decapitated the rooster as swiftly and efficiently as I could. Otherwise I might have ended up like Sean, who met the rooster's gaze and later lamented, "'Did you see the way he looked at me?' We plunged them into the water and brought them to the sheet, where we sat cross-legged in the sun and plucked. After we had cleaned and butchered the birds, I packaged the meat, minus that night's dinner, and not, without some satisfaction, which I imagined every homesteader must feel, placed the packages side by side in the deep freeze. Now, when I think back on that day, defrosting a leg or a breast in the sink, I wonder Had I betrayed the trust of birds who saw me as their human friend? Should there have been more love there, too? But balance requires counterbalance, and not all love weighs equally. What we do for love is not always loving. The scales are constantly in flux. That was a first-person account titled Empty Nesters by Yusuko Tan from the May issue of The Walrus. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
1: Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.